Welcome to Market Scale Sports and Entertainment. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and today I have the pleasure of having a conversation with Rachel Aronson, the Vice President of Counterfine. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm good. It's good to be here. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking. It seems like we're starting to get into summer, even though it's only May, but okay, fine. You know, anything's better than super cold weather, I guess. True. So let's uh, do me a favor. Let's start off with your journey in just the elevator version of how you wound up at Counterfund. Yeah, absolutely. So my background is in sports licensing. I came from a company that sold print-on-demand apparel with sports, music, and entertainment licenses through targeted advertising on social media. And it was there at that company that I realized that we were in a really unique position. There weren't a lot of other technology-based print-on-demand companies like us who were really plugged into the sports and entertainment licensing world. And so we realized, listen, there is so much counterfeit in this space. It's a huge problem. We were hearing it from brands from Disney to the NFL, I mean, and every conversation. And we were competing against them as a licensee in this space. So um, we knew that we were in a unique position to help brands really take back control online, which is why we created Counterfine. So I'm on the founding team, along with our, our founder, who is a former Dallas Cowboy, Darren Woodson. Um, and together with our team, we created software that plugs directly into online marketplaces like Amazon and social media sites like Facebook and Instagram to not only find all of the counterfeit products out there, but removes them in real time. So the internet is kind of a big place. So I have to ask you the obvious question. Are there days you feel like you're just playing whack-a-mole? You know what? It's so funny you say that because we actually created the software to eliminate whack-a-mole. That's what we say in all of our meetings because that's how it can really feel to brands who are not familiar with how to fight it and how these counterfeiters are taking advantage of them. So what we've done is by automating everything, we are taking out the whack-a-mole from, from the brands. So that gives you an opportunity to address large online market spaces like Amazon or eBay or e even Facebook and other social media platforms. Does that technology also help you with the lesser known marketplaces? Absolutely. So what's unique, I think, about Counterfine's approach to helping brands buy counterfeit merchandise is the fact that we focus mainly on the social media sites in, as a way to target all of those rogue, lesser known internet-based marketplaces. So the reality is that the general fan, let's say you're a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, right? right? Um, if you're a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, you're not necessarily going and searching these random websites to find merchandise. What happens is those websites use, they leverage Facebook and Instagram's targeted marketing platform to find you because you self-identify as a fan on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and they serve ads to market their products that drive you back to those websites. So our approach has always been by, by attacking the ad first. You're cutting off all traffic to actually purchase the product. And then, of course, we help brands follow up with automated cease and desist letters to those third-party websites. So it's not all about just making the most money possible in licensed merchandise. It's about protecting the quality of what fans of those franchises actually get. 
Absolutely. I think, you know, ultimately brands, they work with different licensees that they feel best represent them and what they're offering to fans. They want to give fans the best possible experience. And oftentimes fans really can't tell the difference in many cases between a real product and a counterfeit product, especially if you go onto Amazon. And I know we're all, I'm guilty of it, especially you look at different offers. Like you want to find a Jersey and you see it's offered from $29 to $150. And in most cases, it looks the exact same. And, the, and, and I would say the average person would say, I'll take the $29 one. But when it comes in the mail and they see it's not the right quality, they're going to go back to the brand and complain. And so this is why it's so important because you're right. At the end of the day, it's not all about sales and the bottom line for the brand. It is about the fan experience. And that's what we're here to do is to help provide the best fan experience for each brand. If I'm a fan of the Cowboys and I buy a $29 jersey on Amazon and it comes to me and the seams are crooked and the material's not great and I wash it one time and some of the lettering starts to fall off, that affects my relationship and my emotional connection to my team. How could they allow this to be sold? And maybe, as you mentioned, I don't even know that the team didn't have anything to do with the outlet that sold me that thing. Exactly. All you remember is that you bought a jersey on Amazon or Facebook. It wasn't good and you're never going to buy it there again. There are so many metrics that go into not just a retail relationship, but an emotional connection between a fan and a team or even a fan of a movie franchise. I don't want to buy, let's say, a baby stuffed Groot (laughs) and have one of the eyeballs fall off the minute that I hand it to my daughter. Exactly. No, it's so true, especially because the people who are buying this type of merchandise, they're true fans, right? Like they want to represent the brands that they're so passionate about. So absolutely, it's super important. There's so many safety and health regulations that are important, but also, um, you know, fair labor and all of that. Brands want to make sure that they're supporting companies that have the same values as they do. And that's why they do a lot of vetting when it comes to bringing them on board, which is why it's so important for them to be able to regulate each marketplace and really take back that control. I think something is fishy. I hire you to help me solve this problem and kind of give me, without giving away the secret sauce, sort of the process that you go through to help me because I don't know everything about Facebook and Instagram and Amazon and I don't have time. I'm a CEO. I don't have time to do all that. Tell me how you take some of that worry off of my plate and handle it for me. Absolutely. Well, we're doing everything from top to bottom. So all you would do is say, hey, give us everything you have trademarked or copyrighted. We'll load it in. And from there, our system plugs directly into each marketplace's API to get a, a, to get basically all of the public data available. So on Facebook, we'll plug directly in and we'll get back every single ad sponsored post on Facebook. And then from there, we add in our image recognition, our proprietary filtering formula, where we're able to sort out here are all the people who fit our formula but have the rights. And here are all the people who are marketing products for your brand that don't fit, that, that don't have the rights that fit our formula. And from there, so all you'd have to do is log into a dashboard. Everything is internet based. So you would go online, log in, and we would give you a clear representation of every single thing out there that's violating your brand. And with one click of a button, you say report, and it automatically gets reported to the marketplace that the product is being marketed on. And from there, you can say, and cease and desist letters and make sure that everything is actually um, following through on your request. Have you run into a situation where you've come across a counterfeiter who didn't necessarily have nefarious 
you know, intentions. They maybe they really, I would imagine this is extremely rare. Maybe they really didn't realize what they were doing and you were able to uh, explain to them and work with them. And then they turned around being a licensed vendor. Does that even happen? It does. It happens all the time, especially in the very beginning when we start working with brands who have never policed the internet before for what they're calling counterfeit. You know, their goal is, I think when we work with big um, sports entertainment or music brands, their goal is never to shut down like the mom and pops or like the one-off fans who created something because they're just so passionate. What they do in those situations is, first of all, they're almost always willing to work with a fan if if that is the case. And in many cases, we have seen that they've either given a licensing agreement out or they've been able to retract the complaint so that there's not not a bad mark on that person's um, record online either. So um, yeah, in many cases, it has been really positive. I think what's super interesting though also is that when when brands do, you know, they look at all of this artwork out there that they that might be counterfeit, it's really interesting for them to see what fans are actually reacting to because there might be an opportunity for them to um, launch a new product because they see it in the marketplace as something that fans are reacting really positively too. So um, you just never know. So now one form of counterfeit that I think we've all run into is the stand at a, I don't know, at a, at a farmer's market or at some generally loosely regulated uh, social gathering. How that, it seems to me like that would be a segment of this counterfeiting situation that would be extremely difficult to police. Absolutely. And you know, that's really old school counterfeiting. I think what we're here to help brands with is the fact that like, you don't really see these bootleggers standing outside of sporting arenas or flea markets or concert venues to sell counterfeit. You know, I think the majority of the most egregious violators have gone online. And that's where, that's what Counterfind is here to help with is the fact that, you know, we're not necessarily super concerned about the one-offs that are here and there at a flea market or someone made a couple. We're more so targeting and going after, like I said, the really egregious violators, those bad actors who are intentionally going out of their way to evade the brand and really try to leverage their marks to increase their own personal gain. As a thought leader in the industry, what do you see coming down the road, say two or three years from now? Is there anything that you really think is going to be a huge benefit in this challenge that you're trying to solve? Yeah. I mean, I think what we're finding is that you know, as the months and years have gone on, the level of education of these brand and trademark holders has increased and therefore they're able to really take more action. So what we're seeing now, we're seeing a lot of action against print on demand websites where, you know, they don't take any inventory. And so there's no risk in, you know, selling hundreds of different designs. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Our brands starting to figure out how those sites are working. And I think two to three years down the road, they're going to start making um, a lot of headway when it comes to some of these more um, more egregious overseas players. I think like Alibaba, AliExpress, um, those China-based websites uh, that have been kind of making a killing off of uh, US-based trademarks. So right now, a lot of US companies and brands, sports, music, and entertainment, don't necessarily have their trademarks registered in China. And therefore, they don't have um, the ability to go after some of those international marketplaces for counterfeiting. So I think we're going to see a lot of U.S. brands start to make that move into the Chinese market by trademarking their brand and then being able to take action there as well. One of the things that's a key indicator that something might be counterfeit is a drastic reduction in price 
versus a comparable item. Uh But what about a company that actually produces something because they get the material so cheaply and they do a good job and they produce a relatively almost equal quality item, but they only sell it for a dollar less? That seems to be someplace where Countifying would really come in handy. Absolutely. I mean, what we're doing for our brands, we collect more than 25 data points on every single listing or ad that we're pulling in. Um, So ultimately, we're helping brands really easily identify who's supposed to be there and who's not. I would say for the consumer, definitely check who the manufacturer is, check where it's coming from, what country it's shipping from, and read the reviews online. Definitely look at seller ratings and stars to be able to clearly identify the product that is legitimate. A little confession time here. I, at one point, recall very clearly purchasing an item that was about 25% cheaper than a comparable item that turned out to be counterfeit. Have you had a situation personally where you bought something and you thought, oh man, I got a great deal. And then you had that momentary realization when you were holding it and you're like, oh no, I got fooled. A hundred percent. Who hasn't had that experience? You know, Um, I would say my experience happened with an Apple charger that I bought from Amazon. And it turns out that I would say 75% of those Apple chargers are not real. And so what happened was it came in the mail. I plugged it in, tried to get my phone to charge and it wouldn't even charge. And so, yeah, I think it was then when I learned, listen, I either need to buy this direct from Apple or from a direct Apple reseller to be a hundred percent sure. So yes, it's happened to me and I'm sure it's happened to everyone. This is a just a super interesting like spy thriller type uh, <laughs> approach that you have. And I appreciate you taking the time out of your day today. I've had the pleasure of having a conversation with Rachel Aronson, the vice president of Counterfind. Rachel, thanks so much. Thank you. I hope you have a wonderful day. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries. 